Welcome back to episode 24 of the Well-Rounded Wealth Podcast. Patrick, how are you doing, man? I haven't caught up with you in a second. Good, good, brother. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. No complaints. Um, some really cool stuff happened recently. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll, fill us in, please. Yeah, I'll tell you about it. So I recently, this past week, um, went in, I was on set and I had a featured role on a show, which is basically for people who don't know the lingo that's like a step above being an extra on a movie um so i played a part that uh, we had some group lines and we were definitely in it we had to learn a dance um so we're just heavily featured if that makes sense um like the my title was like jock number two or three we were like the football <laughs> team for the um for the school and then i i can't really give any more details other than that because of how everything is with being secretive and stuff and sign NDA and all that fun stuff. But it was a really cool experience um, to actually get to go on a set of a TV show that's going to be on a major network and just really get that experience of what it's like to actually do that. Because it's always it's always like the dream and you hear about how it actually is, but now I've actually gotten to kind of experience that. And it was, I knew I knew what I was getting myself into and I had done a couple of background work so I kind of had an idea for how sets work but it's long it's like 12 hour days minimum is kind of what that world is so my call time was 6 a.m and both days we wrapped like around 6 30 p.m um but it was just really interesting to kind of experience that and because we were featured we got to be at the base camp where all the stars trailers are and stuff like that and we got our own little small holding rooms which was, it just felt cool, you know? Yeah. Please, please tell more about the small holding rooms because I think this is like the most like, oh my God, that's so sick. Oh, I know. I know what you wanted to talk about. So <laughs> when I first get there, we kind of checked in with the second, second AD, which is like an assistant, assistant director. And all of a sudden I get a knock on my door in my holding room. And he said, hey, Jack, welcome to set. Um, we want, you want to take your breakfast order. What do you want? And I was like, oh, sweet. Um, what, what, do you, what's, uh, what are the options? What's on the menu? And they just said, anything you want. Just we'll make it happen. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> My mind was blown right there. Um, and then I, I kind of just didn't really know what to say. So I was like, um, could they do a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich? Is that, is that okay? And they're like, yeah, of course, totally. And I was like, all right, sweet. And it was, they delivered it. And it was a fantastic bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich. <laughs> They're probably like, my thought would have been like, oh my God, could I do like steak and eggs or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> or it's like a first time and it's like, all right, let's just see what, yeah. let's see what the boundary can push here. <laughs> what the most high end thing you could possibly get could be for breakfast. <laughs> I have a lobster bisque. <laughs> used a lobster bisque. <laughs> completely. That's just not supposed to be for breakfast, but it's very high end. Oh yeah, I just start or like, um, can I have a medium rare filet mignon, please? <laughs> That'd be fantastic. <laughs> Did you ask any of the other guys what they ordered? Similar stuff. Um, yeah. Some people just got a lot of stuff, like kind of just like a full breakfast plate. Like they got eggs, bacon, hash browns. Um, like fresh fruit, everyone pretty much did some basic stuff. Cause you just yeah. feel weird in that you feel like such a <laughs> douchebag if you start, you know, even though they say that, I'm sure it would be annoying if you started asking for some pretty crazy stuff. Some caviar from Alaska. <laughs> right. <laughs> Flown in fresh, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and then after that, we got called to like the hair and makeup trailers. Um, and then we had to do that. It was kind of, that was an interesting process because Every actor does have to do that every day. And one thing that I've noticed on being on background, especially the stars of the show, on set, you can tell who the stars are. Even if you have never heard of any of the actors, never heard of the show, you're like, oh, they are a main actor in the show just because they've had their hair and makeup done. Like, they look camera ready. So does everyone, like, how big of a difference is camera makeup? Because I guess for regular my makeup? Well, I mean, I, as opposed to someone just going on set, because like from my perspective, I I feel like I wouldn't. I'd be like, I don't really need makeup. But the guy right. actors are are they like, yeah, I need to get all done up. Like, is it a full like? Layer? It's not even a 
Yeah, it, it kind of is. It's not even a, I need it. It's you just, they, they make you do it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you kind of have to, no matter who you are. Um, like if, if I w- went in that morning and was like, I don't need any makeup, they'd be like, um, cool, but you're going to get some cause you're here and you're going to be on camera. like what is it what is the difference i guess is the thing i'm curious about because i get it with the main actors who are front and center camera full action lighting shot close up Mm -hmm. but for someone who's a little bit farther back out of out of lens or something like that it doesn't make that big of a difference i would say no um, if you're working background, which is background means you're an extra on a set, you don't, I didn't get hair and makeup when I did background. They're not doing it to like everybody. They just did it to us cause we were considered above the line and above the line just means you're like either cast or a director or producer. So because you're just kind of in that realm of us being on at the base camp where all the actors are, there's, if you're there, you're getting hair and makeup. That's just how it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I appreciate it because I had broken out the day before before my first day on set, <laughs> so I, <laughs> I actually did have some acne, um, so which they actually did cover up and stuff like that. But yeah, any other if that if that didn't happen, I would have been like, yeah, I don't really care. But you just do notice, like a couple of the guy stars on a set I was at the other week, even them, it's they don't look like they have a bunch of makeup on, but there is just this glow to them. If that makes sense. But like it, a little, a little it's highlighter. like a movie star glow kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know the makeup. I don't know makeup at all. <laughs> so I don't know exactly what it's called. Yeah, but. I I don't know anything about makeup. I started what? talking to one of the guys doing my makeup, and <laughs> such a lame question. I was like, "So, once you get into makeup?" <laughs> <laughs> and then he he actually had a really interesting story of how it happened. He said he started doing high school because he had an emo phase, and then. <laughs> It just like made connections and when he graduated high school he ended up doing makeup um but yeah cool. he told me some of the stuff he was doing like what some things were i don't remember anymore if i'm being honest <laughs> um but just like but in the moment it made sense what he was doing if that if that makes sense makes to sense you. yeah <laughs> i was like oh okay yeah that's that's why you're putting this on my face and that's what this does and that evens things out so i'm not splotchy okay cool all right <laughs> sweet <laughs> sweet i'll take it what was your biggest takeaway from all of that like or, or the most surprising thing i would say well it could just apply the specific set that i was on but just kind of how haphazard it could be at times while there's a very strict schedule and while everyone is working extremely hard to make that schedule fit, it was still just when we were shooting, the director was like, um, okay, let's just run back and make sure we catch this line. Let's repeat this line right here. And then it'd be like a close-up of the main character and they do that line. And then Walsh is like, okay, that's great. Let's jump like three lines ahead and make sure we have another version of this line. Um, so it was probably specifically this guy's style, but it was just pretty haphazard. It was just kind of jumping around all over the place. Um, and he's like, okay, let's uh, just improv something right here. Just like, he'd just be like, oh, just throw in some throwaway line. Let's see what happens. Um, which I thought was pretty cool that he was doing stuff like that on the set. Cause that's definitely not how it usually works. Cause uh, some of the other actors that I was with um, and some of them had been on, they had done like guest star roles on sets and stuff before they were like, I've never experienced this before of this directing oh. style. Cause you wouldn't cut, you know how in basic, you know, when you hear about movies and stuff, especially general audience listening, it's like, take one, take two, take three, and then you yell cut, and then you do another take, take four. It, it was honestly, I don't think he ever did more than two takes, but those two takes, he just kept it rolling, even if there were mistakes, you know? It was just like, camera's still rolling, let's take it back here, and then let's go through it. And then and then they'd finish the part, it's like, okay, let's jump back ahead to this part, like camera's just still rolling but they're still covering everything, which interesting. And this is a comedy. So I, I could see it working because especially comedy, it's very formulaic in the way you're hitting the beats, especially in the editing and the design of a comedy to hit and make you laugh out loud. There's definitely 
kind of a style and a formula to that. And a drama, I don't see that working as well because it'd just be consistently, especially if it's actors actually feeling their emotions and being serious, to constantly be jumping around like that. It just kind of, I would see it taking you really out of the flow. So I think mm. I think it worked for what the show was. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess it wasn't, it just wasn't what I was expecting. And it's it's hard work. It was and not that I I knew it would be, but you know, if let's just talk about like series regulars on huge hit shows, their schedules are rough when they're shooting. It's they're working minimum 12 hour days, usually longer. Um, wow. hardly getting any sleep. They they probably get home at like and this is day shoots, you know, you're probably getting home at like eight o'clock or so, and then you're waking up at four thirty, sometimes Jeez. earlier. Like a few actors that were like on the football team, their call time was like four thirty a.m. Mine was six, so I got lucky. So they, so like one of the guys was like, "Yeah, I I woke up at like two thirty. Damn. Like wh- why why are they getting there so early? Do they have to do night shots or? Uh, you're there so early because well, one they had to kind of um bring us in slowly because if we all get there at once like hair and makeup and costumes, which we also had to do. We had to go to the costumes trailer and get our costumes on and get checked and approved. And the pictures have to be sent to the higher ups of production just to double check and make sure everything's correct. There's like, it's kind of a huge machine. So they need you there early. So you're prepped and ready and ready to go. And that there aren't any issues because if there are issues, time really is money because the second, the way it works on sets, it's 12 hour days. If you go mm-hmm. over 12 hours, everyone gets paid overtime. Oh, damn. Everyone starts, <laughs> getting, everyone starts getting paid overtime. So it starts to cost money if there are big mistakes like that, especially those niche ones that are just because there was a mistake made in the machine of things and this actor is stuck at holding so they can't shoot yet because the actor that's in this scene is not currently there. Um, or really anything, the reverse, when I talked about costumes – Say there's a prop needed on set, but the prop is not around, and they have to wait for the prop to get transported to there. So it's a lot, there's a lot to it of everyone having to keep track of everything. And it kind of made sense to me why crews are so big because Dude, there's so much. That would, that'd be a lot. I can't even imagine the person scheduling all everyone, like, hey, you got to be here at this time and then here at this time and make sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, it's not like, it's just like a people that get to a meeting. It's like one person has to meet another person in order for them to do something to that person, like the makeup guy. So exactly. you have to make sure the makeup guy is there and you're there. That exactly. And that's, so that's what the production office is usually in charge of. That's where like the production coordinators and the um, line producers are working. And that's their number one job is the scheduling and organization of producing things. Like it's called a call sheet when you, you're, you're on a big list and everyone has what time they need to be on set and all of those logistics going into it. And these are the scenes we're shooting today. Here's how the allotted time for all the scenes that we're shooting today. Um, when you're outside also for a day shoot, daylight's important. So you have the sunrise and the sunset on top of the call sheet always to plan around that because the second the sun sets and you're shooting an outside scene, it's supposed to be during the day. You can't, you can't shoot anymore. The sun's gone. Dude, that's wild. Yeah, that's a lot of moving parts. It's <laughs> I I would love to just like look at it and be like, wow, that's that's a lot of people just running around like crazy. Yeah, I'm sure that's kind of how it felt. Yeah, totally. I I really also like going into it with a film background and also just an intrigue for the crew side of it as well. Because when I was there, I was constantly just figuring out, okay, this person is a PA. This guy specifically the PA in charge of the walkie talkies and has to distribute the walkie talkies. Okay. This guy, this person is the second AD on set. Um, and then this guy is definitely the first AD because he is next to the director at all times and trying to keep the director on schedule. Like the, an assist AD means assistant director also for people listening. So their, and their job is it's not as much. They're helping the director direct. They're helping the director with the things they don't want to be worrying about like logistics but also sticking to the time because the director might really want another take of a scene and really wants to get creative and try this thing and carry out the vision. But then the AD is like, Hey director, we got to move on or we're going to go overtime. 
and the studio will not be happy with us because we are costing them more money and we'll be over budget. Dude, that's wild to, to think of like, I mean, I know this is big. It's a show, but to think of like a major blockbuster movie coming together or mm-hmm. something that's Marvel, that's a two and a half hour movie. And then seeing how everything actually fits. That's, that's gotta be pretty incredible. Totally. I, that would be quite the experience to get to be on a major motion picture set like that. I mean, in the end, as logistically, they all run pretty similar. That's there's a formula to it, and all all big sets do it as far as the scheduling goes, the job positions, what what a crew needs to have, and all of that stuff. So yeah, it's it was really cool to see it hands on because I've heard a million things about it. I've read a million things about it, but this past week I actually got to see it, and it it just made sense to me. I'm like, yeah, no, this is everyone's working really hard everyone's sweating and mistakes really can cost a production as a whole so it's pretty tight-knit like it's a strict environment too for that reason people were so nice i'm not saying that people were just being assholes to each other everyone was super nice and not just to us as like actors i I like saw it people were getting along people were joking around i could tell that people were friends with each other and liked each other um but yeah, but everyone's also on top of it. You know, everyone's everyone's ready to roll. And when there's a problem, especially the first AD on this set, I could tell he was like, even the little problems, he was like low-key freaking out, which is kind of, okay. I was like, oh, this poor guy. This poor guy is constantly stressed. So what is the next step then? How do you continue progressing from here? Yeah. Yeah. This is actually what I've been asking myself this weekend. So I, I got super lucky to get this. It's like the way it happened was that it was a background role and then it got upgraded to a featured role. So I, I just, just to get some onset experience, I threw my, I made a profile on like a extras casting agency. So they just have a pool of people. And if people fit the description of a background group that they need, they'll submit you. And then if you click yes, you go on set and you get paid to go on for a day or so or whatever it is. And I accepted one and then it ended up being turning into a featured role, which was so lucky and so awesome. And it was such a cool experience. So what's great about it is that it's huge to say that I've done this. It's huge to put on the resume that I got a featured role on a network television TV show, like a legitimate set that I was working on. And yeah, and then I guess I'll I guess I'll just get into the acting side of it and what I kind of need. I took headshots this weekend because the last headshots I took, I was 18 years old, and <laughs> and I know I, I I look same. around. <laughs> I know I look pretty young, and honestly, like I'm 18 if not younger. But when I was 18, I looked 12. <laughs> so <laughs> so like, I, I saw it, I'm like, I look like a baby. Like it's, it just doesn't look like me anymore. I mean, you could tell it's me, but if that's, if I submitted those photos and then someone, no, I just heard someone, they'd be like, uh, that's not who we thought this was going to be <laughs> at all. You'd be like Johnny Drama showing up with his. <laughs> <laughs> Have you like- seen Entourage? Oh, yeah. Of course I have. Oh, yeah. I've seen it like three times. <laughs> That's a oh, great I show. I love that show. Um, so, yeah. Dude, so I'm 50. You <laughs> <laughs> should have shots from when you were 20. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. That was so funny. <laughs> was um, so, yeah. I just did that. And then um, my resume is updated. And then I need to edit together a reel, um, which is just like, you know, it's like a roughly two-minute more or less give or take of just you acting and you acting and stuff and just kind of a display of your talent and your acting capabilities. That's what I'm onto next. So, well, headshots, I actually need to um, pick some because like they took a ton of pictures and I could pick like two to get the official editing, you know? Hmm. Um, So I'll I'll do that and should have those by the end of the week. And then I have some footage of me acting that I'm going to start putting together. And then I kind of want to, write slash find scenes and just throw myself on camera um and just make stuff that I think is interesting and impactful and just kind of combine that together into a reel and then you then you start submitting to agents um and then you submit that package 
some people are don't always have everything, all their ducks in a row yet when it happens. But one, I just want my ducks in a row. Like I want to be a very attractive candidate. And I also want to display that I understand how this business works. I understand that I, my job is to make my agents money and we're, but we're on the same team because I want to book and I want to get jobs. And yeah. so do you. So it's, it's a great relationship because you both want the same thing. Um, but I, I just want to show that I'm here to play and I'm ready to roll. This is what I want to do. And I'm going to work extremely hard at it. And I think just having all of my ducks in a row and understanding what I need, I think would be pretty attractive. And then you just kind of, I heard it's helpful to look up agents rosters, you know, and see, do they have people that look like you? It's really good when they don't have people that look like you. Cause they might be like, Oh, I have someone that looks just like you. I don't need you. Cause because <laughs> I like, think of this in the perspective of a talent agent um, and they have all these clients, they want a diverse. very diverse portfolio of people so they could be booking different things for all sorts of people and then they can be successful. Yeah. So that definitely plays into it too. And then I'm also in, I'm in class. I'm, I do once a week acting class and that's been I love it so much. It's such, it's just so cool to just kind of, one, it's just a safe environment and it's just a cool place where you're with, you're making friends with other people who want to do the same thing and you're learning together and try and doing a trial and error process together. It's so cool. I love it. It's um, awesome. Leave so yeah. no what ifs on the table. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then I, this is going to be a segue get ready everyone listening <laughs> um but you were we were talking earlier and you kind of wanted to we're not going to fully take a transition into the approach of how we do an episode but i know that there's a couple books that you've read that have meant a lot to you that you kind of wanted to discuss but one of the themes that because i looked at your notes of the books and one of the big themes was kind of like don't look back no regrets go for it full throttle 100 percent yeah, that was yeah, that was certainly one of them. I think that's a overarching theme in a lot of the books I've been reading. Um is like being able to look back and say are you okay with are you okay with leaving what ifs on the table? Like what if I were to pursue acting? How would my life have been then? And I think that's a it's a scarier thought, but also a motivating thought to where you can use that and flip the framework to say, I don't want to leave any what, what ifs. So what do I have to do to answer those questions? Yeah, I, I have a question about that because I'm definitely doing that strategy, like going for what I want. But what would you say? What would you say to me if I said I just want to kind of find something stable and something something where I don't have to stress about that and can focus on other things outside of career. I'd say that's completely fine. But will you be when the when the final day comes or the final decade of your life comes, when you realize you don't have enough time to make any more shifts, are you going to be able to live with that decision knowing that you took the more stable, comfortable path and your answer could be, yeah, I, my risk tolerance is not high enough to figure out what would have happened if I just went full bore at it by myself. And that's okay. Yeah. You just got to respect. I mean, I think that's that's another theme. So actually, let me read these because I think w one of the books that I took a lot away from was it was called New Man Emerging. And I think it can – it was definitely more titled towards – men but i think it can also definitely apply to towards women yeah and i think that was more the message i took away from it is what are the things in your life that are most important to you and and how has that changed over the past whatever few and, years and who wrote the book was it michael desanti yeah yep so like the the eight principles i took away from this and kind of how i like to live as a as a demeanor of, of my life and what I have written on my mirror is one health is health is the number one priority because without it you can't 
keep moving. You can't interact in other aspects of your life. Two is respect everyone for where they are in life. So to your point in that last question, if you wanted to do the more peaceful thing, great. I don't have any, I don't have enough perspective on who you are in order to tell you what to do. And I don't think anyone should tell someone else what to do. I think they can give them suggestions based on what life experience they've had. But ultimately, you have to look inside yourself and decide what is it that I want and what do I have to do to get there? Yeah, it's it's interesting because I think most people that have told me advice on how to live my life, I think honestly, the advice that's been imparted to me, they're honestly talking to themselves. Like if I could go back and talk to myself, what advice would I give to myself? I think is usually the advice that I'm getting. Yeah, that's a that's a good insight. And I think that is the most evident way people speak to counterparts and peers because most people live that life. When we're growing up, we always have dreams, right? Like mine was <laughs> mine was to be an Iron Man, like the guy flying. A superhero. Yeah. And I looked at that and I was like, hmm, <laughs> maybe I, a little bit more realistic, but everyone has dreams of, I, I don't know, baby, being a singer. Or yeah, my first was actor. astronaut, go to space. Yeah. Like all that stuff is completely doable. So one exercise that I, I looked back and was, I, I, it, it Iron, Man, doable. Iron Man's doable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess it's not impossible. Isn't there, I, I will say I it's. I think there is a guy. Hold on, I'm gonna look this up real quick. Because I think there is a guy that did it in the Swiss Alps or something like that. Like build a suit. Y- yeah, and he, I think he actually flew it. I know there's. I know there's the jetpacks, like the water, the ones with the water. Yeah. Um, someone made a glider recently, kind of like a, the way a, like a green goblin kind of flies around, uh-huh. like a hovercraft. Yeah. I saw that, and that was really cool. Um, yeah, also I, over water. It was also over water. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's a few people that built them. But anyway, you like, yeah, I, I don't think I... <laughs> maybe not to the, the level that is displayed in the the movie where I'm shooting freaking <laughs> caliber bullets out of my hand to blow up a tank. But Yeah. Well, it's also just how bad, how bad do you want to be Iron Man? Because if you want to be Iron Man that bad, then I would say do it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But it's like, are all of the hoops, are all the obstacles worth it? Because if that was literally your dream and you literally wanted to carry it out, you would have to dedicate your entire life to that goal. To figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Because it has not been discovered. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I think most, thing, most things are, are possible if you put your mind to it based on the dreams. And I think when you go back and you, you kind of bring up those memories from when you were a kid, it's like, it might be an image of what you're you're doing at some per- point in time in life. Like for you, it might be standing on in space on a uh, spaceship, or for if it was acting, it might be standing on set of a movie in front of a bunch of bright lights. There, there might be that one image, and it's what I'd encourage people to ask themselves: is what is that image, and one, does it still apply to you? Two, is that something that still excites you? And then three, ask yourself, if I were to go do that, what would it look like? Yeah. Because I think I think everyone, well, one, everyone has the capability to ask themselves their, that question. It's, do you have the mindset to actually go and implement those actions in order to achieve that thing? Yeah, and it's also, I think one thing you just mentioned is kind of the actual realities of chasing a goal because sometimes you can just look at the the end product. Um, I'll go specifically acting because I feel like it's it'll be easy to formulate in my mind. You know, a lot of people, especially when they're young and they're watching the, the TV shows and movies, like, yeah, that seems so cool and they're famous, famous, successful people and they get to be in movies, like, that's what I want. But also, the realities of it are a lot different than 
how it would look to someone who doesn't know anything about doing it. Because that, okay, do you want it bad enough where you want to be on set 12 hours plus a day, uh, be doing night shoots? for So night shoots, you get to set at 6 p.m. and leave at like 6, 7 in the morning? It's uh, Do you actually like going through that process of not really having a lot of time to hang out on weekends, not having weekends. Cause that's, it's not a five day week schedule. Um, have being on a different schedule from everyone else. That's not in the filmmaking industry. You're on a completely different schedule. It's like, is that what you want? Um, my, yeah. and, and like, so like, that's kind of one of my biggest cautions is when I, I think I talked about like maybe one of our first episodes doing this, but I still had never let acting go throughout college. It had always been in the back of my mind that that's what I really want to do. But yeah, yeah, you know, but I'm, I'm studying film and maybe I could do crew stuff. It just felt more possible to me. So it's something I could grasp more. And, but when I was thinking about it, I was like, okay, if I actually want to go for this, is it because I love acting or is it because I want like, you know, to be rich and famous and, all of that stuff, why so many people go out for it. Mm. Um, and I definitely, back to my new answer of my biggest takeaway from my recent experience, it was Thursday night before Friday. I had to wake up at 4.30 a.m. And the night before I went to bed, I, like, sorry, Thursday night before Friday. <laughs> sorry, I worded that terribly. Yeah, I was like, Thursday I was going, night before I, Friday. I was yeah. going to bed <laughs> Thursday night, and my call time the next morning was, like, 6 a.m. I had to wake up at 4.30 a.m., and I was excited to wake up and go go back to set. And I, I was like, okay, this is, I just like this. This is just, yeah. I just love this world, and I always have loved this world, and I just, and I also, when I go into acting class, like, I'm like, I had so much fun in that class. Like, that was great. So it's, it's just what I, so I'm like, okay, this is what I want to do. This is what I really like. I really like getting to be creative and share scenes and moments with people and test my own inner vulnerabilities, which is interesting because a lot of the notes I was reading in your books, like, I actually could relate that to perform acting in my performances and stuff like that. Because it does require to like really get into a character. It requires so much vulnerability, so much self-understanding, because then you're actually creating characters that are as authentic as possible and for them to be so, you have to understand them so well and on such a deep level. And you can't, you can't apply that to other people until you have a solid understanding of your own self and your own mindset and perspective to start applying it to different perspectives and different people even yeah it it's such a hard thing to come to terms with because we grow up and we're so predispositioned to avoid the things that we fear and the things that make us uncomfortable but once we come to terms with what makes us uncomfortable and we realize that those things are really not that scary the result on the other side is eye-opening. And I'm still working on that, <laughs> to be yeah. completely honest. Like, that is something that is a struggle every single day for everyone. And I think the only way to overcome that is repetition. So you just being more vulnerable and getting out there, putting yourself on scene. Like, that. that's actually number five on my list is vulnerability opens opportunities to deeper connections. Not only with other people, but also with yourself. And yeah. it just, like being vulnerable gives you the opportunity to look back at whatever that moment was where you were vulnerable and say, I can move on to the next thing that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm just trying not to say totally. <laughs> but I, I was do. waiting for it. <laughs> I know, I know you were waiting for it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, absolutely, I fully agree. I I have a question in your reading, and mm. I think, especially in New Man Emerging, what were some? What was something that you read, or a lesson, or a takeaway that hit you really hard, but also as a challenge? Something where you realized 
I actually don't do that or don't have that and I need to work on getting there? That's a good question. I think a lot of it comes down to looking at who you are inside. So much of our feedback is external. So mm-hmm. what other people think think of us. So so much of our output is external. But really the person you need to talk to is inside yourself. And this isn't new. I mean, there's plenty of people that have said this before. But I think the ability to do despite how you feel or despite how other people make you feel is one of the most powerful and empowering things that you can possess as a person. Because it means despite how others react to your actions, you're still going to do what you think is necessary. And I, I know I said that before, I think on a prior, prior episode, but that is one of those things where you can continually make progress by just doing what is required. And it's a very liberating thing. Once you can look back and say, I know how I, I know I felt ashamed or I know I felt embarrassed or I know I felt nervous or anxious going into this, but I still did it. It just gives you that ability to look back and say, whatever the next hurdle is, I've done something worse or, or I've felt worse or I've been in a more uncomfortable situation. So ultimately it's the conversation that you need to have with yourself. And that's a conversation you have every day. So it's never going away. Yeah, I I relate to that very heavily because I have that too. I would say usually when like it's hardest for me when especially in my own self-doubt or just sometimes there's days where I'm feeling, I don't know, just not great. A big correlation that I recently realized is that it's days where I'm just not there's nothing I'm working towards and there's like, I'm just doing a day. I'm just getting through a day because it kind of, you don't, I don't think it's super present, but there is a negative reinforcement in that going on. I think in my subconscious Um, to further elaborate or kind of make that more concrete when I'm just doing a regular day and then just going through it. And then the day's over, I kind of just feel kind of down because I was like, I didn't, there was nothing exciting that happened or there was nothing that sparked any passion or creativity. And I didn't, and I wasn't challenged at all today. Nothing challenged me today. And it just kind of gets me on this negative lull of like, I just don't feel good. And um, and honestly, this is even in the recent weeks, I would say, like even late January, early February, recent, recent. And I've, I'm just now starting to make that connection that, it's because it's because I'm not. Uh, I'm starting to like my self worth, my self value is starting to decrease because I'm not challenging myself and I'm not exceeding at certain like uh, exceeding at a specific goal. And I've just noticed a huge correlation with that, and I've been trying to work on bringing that back into my life. Yeah, that's a great observation. I think it boils down to something along the lines of you get out what you put in. So it's like if you're not doing as much, you're not going to get as much back. And, I mean, that's a great point you needed, you made. And I honestly needed to hear that because I think one of those things during those days that it seems like everything's in a lull is that you don't know what you have to do. Yeah. Like you, you feel like you, you're not doing anything, but you don't know what to do to get out of that. That's so true. Oh my God. And that's so true. Yeah. Like I don't have the answer to it because yeah. <laughs> I've been going through this little lull too in the past week or two. And my only answer to that right now in what I've been trying to get myself to do is get outside, go for a walk or go exercise. Like that, that is the only thing I know to like really get myself going. 
And yeah, I, that <laughs> that's all I got for you guys. Because <laughs> I, I don't know enough. <laughs> yeah, right, so. time to time to take a walk. <laughs> but no, I actually do agree with that. I actually recently started implementing daily walks into my routine because I've been working a lot. Most days I'm working right where I'm sitting right now, and when I'm stuck in an apartment, specifically a bedroom, all day it starts to like, that's also where it starts to get really bad. Even though I'm doing stuff, it's like, I, I need to get out. I need to, I need to get some fresh air. I need to do something. Yeah. Um, one, one thing I, cause I'll be honest, like I've relatively, I've worked hard over the past year, but compared to other years, I have not worked as hard as I have in the past. And I haven't liked it. Like looking yeah. back, like I, even though hard work is like, it's I don't want to say it's physically hard but it comes across as you are busy so you're constantly moving but we were designed like we're humans we're supposed to be constantly moving and progressing not just sitting latent and my the way I feel even though it my emotions might be heightened when I'm constantly moving and constantly doing stuff, I ultimately feel better at the end of each day because I'm excited knowing that I have to get up and go do something again the next day. I, I didn't like just sitting around and and not being as productive as I know I have been in the past. And I would love to hear comments on this from other people, but continuing to move forward is something that I think I need to continue to do because sitting around just it, it gives you back a lot of just negative and lazy kind of emotion. Yeah, and I want to bring up this phrase because it's popular. I don't know if we brought it up on past episodes, but there's the phrase of, you know, some people live to work, some people work to live. Um, and it's kind of interesting to me because I was always, my mindset was always, yeah, work, work to live, you know? And like, that's become a much more gray area to me. Well, cause one, it's like, well, what is living? What do I really want to do? Cause what I re cause there is something I really want to do and I'm working to get there. So I'm like, I'm working to work more, <laughs> but like, <laughs> I guess to work you know, more specifically in something I want to be doing. And that's kind of been my frame of my life so far or in the past month or so, instead of, you know, working really hard so then I can, you know, earn a stable income and then, you know, spend time with people I care about, you know, or have, have some fun, hang out, play some games with people, invite Invite a group of friends over to your apartment, hang out, go to a movie, go to go to a bar, go to a nice restaurant or fun restaurant or something like that. That in the past, that's always been, you know, that's I'm like, yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to hang out with the people I love and do fun things that isn't strenuous, that's leisurely, and that's, you know, entertainment. It's kind of starting, I guess, right now to shift a little bit. And maybe I'm struggling to adapt to that because I've been so used to that live to work mentality. I'm sorry, work to live mentality. And it's kind of changing, but I also don't want to lose it completely either because I, I do prize like hanging out or spending time with the people I care about over everything. So I have a, one of the books I read is talks about this is you have to, in order to get those leisurely things that feel good, you have to suffer in some way, shape, or form mm -hmm. because there's a dichotomy between everything, like good and evil. You have to see something that's good in order to – or you have to see something that's evil in order to see something that's good. Something that's hard, you have to see something that's hard in order to experience something that's easy. Same thing with working. Like you have to suffer in order to realize how good something feels at the end of it. And I think that's why we've talked about this in the past. path is – like treating what you're doing as a game so that you don't feel like you're constantly working. So then it's not just like struggle, 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 one 
moment, it's yay, now I'm happy. Because we all know that equation. It's like we've someone works super hard to get one thing and then they realize that thing wasn't worth it. So it's going back to like you what you said, it's what you're doing is ultimately working in order to work on the thing you really enjoy, which might be acting on the big motion picture sets. And that's that's okay because you're going to look you'll be able to look back at each objective like you got on a TV show now you're going to get on a maybe a small movie maybe another a bigger TV show maybe a, a bigger movie and you look back at all these objectives and all these checkpoints and you're like that was hard but i woke up on the thursday night before friday and was like i'm so excited to go get makeup put on me and go I, i'm not going to say the the scene but yeah, you know what I'm yeah, talking about. I know it's like go about. go do this scene, and I think that's that's the the moment here. It's like hell yeah, I want to do that. So yeah. I think that's and the only way I've found to continue to in order to find that is you have to keep trying stuff and then reflecting on it. Yeah, yeah, and I think my reflection was definitely. Yeah, this is definitely what I want to do. I think for me, it's kind of just coping with the fact that my it's changing. It's just changing the way I prioritize my life because mm-hmm. I am realizing that what I'm picking, what just happens to be the thing I love to do, requires a lot of sacrifice, um, especially in my relationships and and the time I spend with people. Um, which is kind of a bummer, you know? It'd be nice to have it both yeah. ways, but you can't. But then sometimes I wonder if maybe, like, <laughs> it's it's so funny. Going back to the regret thing, even if I do reach the goals I want to reach and my career is so fulfilling, I love it so much, I also have a fear of looking back and saying, what if I was able to spend more time with the people that I care about? Which is so it's almost a reverse because at first it was, I would look back and be like, I can't, I can't be at the end of my life and regret never going for this or pursuing this. Now that I am, I'm like, <laughs> I reversed my, my thought process and, oh, well, what if I regret, you know, not shooting for the stars and just being able to be proactive and involved and with my family, with my friends, with the people that I love and all of that stuff. Which, yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that and hearing that? Does that make sense? Yeah, that, that's been a big one for me too because I do value relationships a lot, especially for a ex- great example. It's a friend group we grew up with, all great guys. Like I would want each and every one of them to go pursue their dreams, but I know 90% of them is, are not going to be next to me if I do achieve them. And it sucks but one thing that i've realized and i have hope for is in your pursuit of whatever your goal is you will be joined by more like-minded people that's true and it's not that i i guess to summarize it is there's there's phases of your life so like when we're in middle school and high school your friends are the friends that want to go play outside. And then maybe when you're going to pursue your dreams, it's your friends are the ones that you're pursuing your dreams with. And honestly, for me, I would rather be around people that share in the dreams I have, because I think those relationships are the ones that are more congruently motivating. So it's less of a, I want to do better than you. It's I want to do well with you. So I think, I think there is a crutch with holding on to people that aren't, that don't have the same goals as you and and making that effort because those type of relationships can weigh you down. Like they can hold you back. And it's not that you have to be like, hey, you don't have the same goal as me. I'm cutting you off. It just might be something that naturally 
grows apart. And for someone, I, I don't know if you're like this too, but someone who's always thinking about little things, that's something that's always kind of been in the back of my mind. And what I'm kind of realizing is 99% of the time, most people are, are in their own heads. So you just got to go do you. Yeah, that's that's a very good point. I'm definitely, I'm, I'm known for being in my own head all the time. So I'm probably <laughs> just overthinking in general on that well, aspect as well. I want to combat not not combat because I don't necessarily disagree with what you said, but <laughs> um, well, a point that I kind of want to bring up though is that I actually really like having friends that their goals that do have different goals and that are exploring completely different career paths and industries. I think that's really cool to have in my life, you know, especially because. You know, like it's like my industry, my industry is extremely specific, and when people are in it, they are in it. You know, it's their life. But even though I love it, I don't want it to be my full life. I kind of also want to have a little solitude of that's something that's mine and uniquely mine, which I put that in the form of my family and my friends. Um, and I, I just think it's so cool that we have friends. Like I have a friend like you who is starting companies and is interested in real estate and going after goals like that. And I think it's cool that another friend of ours, he's in Washington DC and wants to be in politics and the government. And he's chasing that down and is off to a great start. Um, and we have another, another friend in New York is doing finance stuff. We have another, another one of my closest friends is in law school right now and pursuing that field. I just, I love, I love that so much. And I, I definitely never want to let that go. Because one, I think it makes all of us more interesting in understanding people that we can relate to people and chasing down different things and that have different passions. But also, especially especially with these guys that we're talking about, we know that our friendships, it's, it's more than that. It's more than just our our career aspirations. It's also just spending time together and knowing each other so well and just having that bond that's something so special that's something i think is so important and like even looking back at my most important moments it's having those moments having those experiences of just spending time with people who i feel like i know so well and people who know me so well too yeah i completely agree with you and i think where maybe we could define terms differently as friends that you spend time with on a daily basis versus lifelong friends okay yeah that's a good point. because uh, uh, yeah those guys will obviously we have such it is one of those relationships that's been grandfathered in since we were little kids like running yeah. around shooting nerf bullets at each other so yeah. and if you if we go back to i think this was the third fourth episode we had we talked about uh memory dividends and the time you spend with those lifelong friends, those are where those memory div dividends compound. Mm -hmm. So if our friend group from high school and middle school were to get back together in 10 years and be like, oh, I remember when Jack was an idiot that night, whatever. Which like, night? Oh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like all those stories that come back, I think those are the special moments with those friends that you might not see them except for once or twice a year. But when you do see them, those relationships continue to grow and get stronger. Yeah. And Bill Bill Perkins and Die With Zero, which was another one of the kind of the most impactful books from um, the last year that I had read. He, for his, I want to say it was his 45th birthday, he basically rented out two resorts in some St. Bart's, an island in the Caribbean. And he had all his friends down there. And he said he, he was recounting the story and he said some people he didn't even talk to but just seeing them like standing on the balcony as he's walking by or, or just saying hey man great to see you like that was enough for him to be like i know this person's still in my life and it is good to see them like i think one point i maybe communicated the wrong way was having those people cut off in terms of phases in your life 
I think it's having them drop off in terms of a day-to-day interaction. Gotcha. But, for example, Clayton, one of our one of our best friends. I know that if I were to call him in two months, three months, and say, hey, man, I need your help, he would be there. Yeah, in a heartbeat. Just because we have that that relationship. And those are the things that they, they might take little fostering on an annual basis, but it's still those lifelong friends that you know you guys have memories together. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Honestly, sometimes I just miss them, you know, <laughs> which I know I know is kind of sappy, but I've been thinking about all the guys lately and some of them I just haven't seen in a really long time. And even the, even the couple, even we saw a ton of them, a ton of the group over Christmas, but barely, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it was so great to see them. And so I'm like, oh, like what's, I don't, we don't so well, we can name drop. I'm like, oh, like what's TJ up to? I want to catch up with TJ. How's AJ doing in Dallas? I, you know, I, I think about the guys, not all the time, but you know, sometimes some of them will enter. I'm like, oh, I don't even know what's going on. And like, I just saw Alfredo post something on Instagram with his girlfriend. I'm like, I need to catch up with Alfredo. It's been forever. Um, so yeah, I guess, I, I guess I just kind of miss all the boys sometimes. Yeah. That's completely okay. Which is normal. Which I, is normal. I think one of the things it, from this new man emerging book that, that, that was a, a good bullet that I kind of took down was don't let un, it, don't let words not said go. Basically meaning if, if you think you want to say something to someone or like you should say something to someone, go say it to them. And that's... Yeah. Like I... I like the people in my life, and I did this over college, was almost every six months or definitely once a year, I would always call everyone and just check up and be like, hey, what's going on? You did. Fill me in. And I think it kept you and I close, you doing that, honestly. Yeah, it kept me close with a lot because, I mean, I was – one, it was a good kind of step away from me to say like, okay, there's, I can zoom out. Whatever I'm doing right now is really not that important. It's all in my head. Right. But it's also just at the end of your – life like all you're gonna have is the relationships you take and the memories you take with you yeah make sure that you have people to share them with yeah totally i I said it damn it (laughs) (laughs) i didn't even realize i said it because i i agreed so much (laughs) Uh, anyone not understanding that joke um i say totally in response the word totally in response to patrick on this podcast a lot (laughs) <laughs> and him and I have noticed it, and he gives me a hard time about it, and I think I deserve it, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> uh. Now people now now people are never gonna unhear it. If anyone's listening that hasn't noticed that, <laughs> now you'll notice. I say it at least five times an episode. Oh, uh, yeah. So I think. Ultimately, to wrap up the relationships is surround yourself with the people that are doing what you want to do to grow on a daily basis. But for the special people in your life that made a positive impact on you, continue to keep in touch with them. Yeah. Don't yeah. don't let a word go unsaid. So, And some of that also comes down to logistical scheduling, you know, making the time for that. And because we all can. And I now I'm like, I'm already eating my words from earlier of my concerns. It's like, I can still make the time if I want to make the time, no matter what I'm doing. Well, dude, I, I think, especially nowadays, I mean, we have phones. Yeah, exactly. You can shoot them a text or shoot them a call and leave them a voicemail. For And, I mean, I don't have social media anymore. So, like, I don't have Instagram or Snapchat or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, it's harder for me to like see what everyone's doing on a daily basis. But that's one thing that like you can always just text or call people. AJ, I caught up with him the other week and I mean, it it takes 15 minutes. Yeah. And it's always like, Oh wow. That's interesting. I didn't know that was going on. (laughs) My issue. And like, it's almost like podcasting because we're about an hour now. Almost every time I call one of the guys, it turns into pretty much an hour long conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Well, go, go, go for a walk while you're doing it. 
Oh yeah, that's, that's a what, good idea. Or yeah. be on a drive. Yeah. That's what I usually call. So all right. Good well idea. should we wrap it was, there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is a good one. What's um, what's the overall takeaway here? I guess keep keep chasing the dream and just keep in contact with your friends. Make the time. It's really stop being a drama queen jack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't live with things that you could have said or done. Boom. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> Mic drop. Boom. I love Alrighty, it. you guys. All right. Well, yeah. Uh, thank you for listening out, yeah. to another Well-Rounded Wealth podcast, and we will see you in the next one. Yep. Peace. I'll, I'm going to do my usual spiel. Um, if any new listeners that haven't um, heard the spiel yet, um, if you guys have been liking what you're hearing, if you guys have been enjoying the podcast, feel free to follow it on wherever you're listening from. Feel free to leave a five-star rating because it does help us a ton. Thank you again for all of you listeners who have done it because you guys have done it and I've seen it and it's been super helpful to the podcast, to the algorithm. Love you guys so much. And yeah, and we'll catch you on the next one. Thank you guys so much for listening as always. Much love.